hello. Hey, Andre, what's up? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so <laughs> I can hear that you're、um, outside. You're going to be outside for this episode. You're recording outside. Yeah, I am recording outside. However, I made sure that all of my materials are not on my computer, so you will not hear me clicking this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>、um, but if, if for listeners,、um, for five listeners now, if any of you、uh, can hear the ambience of the cars in the background, that's why. But honestly, I think it makes it more real and more raw. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, this is real、um, audio. This is, this is stuff that we recorded, we mixtaped. That's how you know that we're like a podcast from the earth. Like we're real grassroots, you know. I am like, underneath the stars right、um, now, and I'm kind of cold. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Tonight is the night we should have talked about aliens, but it is not what we're talking about. Oh、tonight. my god! What are we talking about tonight? Tonight we are talking about all things psychic,、uh, what you'd call parapsychology. I'm pretty excited because in this case I am not the skeptical one. I mean, I am a little bit, but. I mean, with all things, this is something I actually would like to believe in, which I think is the difference here. Uh huh.、Um, first off, real quick, what are we again? Are we scary talk? <laughs> we are scary talk. We've been scary talk for three episodes. We are sticking to it just because. I mean, we don't want to confuse the listeners, the five people that are listening. We don't want to confuse them.、Um, before we start、uh, on the topic, though, I do want to remind everyone, all jokes aside, that we are on Twitter as at TalkScary. And、uh, you can also find us on all your favorite podcast listening platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We are all、awesome. there、um, as Talk Scary Podcast. So go ahead and give us a listen. I mean, if you're here, you're already giving us a listen. But like, tell your friends. You know what I mean.、Um, Shannon. Okay, so this is what I thought for the、um, the dynamic of this show. So I did a little bit of research, but what I found is that it's hard to do research on something which is already the mainstream view. Because if you say like, "Oh, I believe in the third eye, and here's my proof," like my proof, like really, like is gonna be well, I don't because people <laughs> say that it's not that, and obviously mainstream science tells you it's not mystical. Yada yada yada. So it's hard for me. So so what I thought we should do is more of a. Of a true back and forth. It's just you present your ideas because I'm playing the skeptical.、Uh, I'm, I'm playing the skeptic on、okay. this episode, and then、um, once you present them, I rebut them as soon as something comes up、hey. in my head. So it's it's more it's more like a it's a little bit of like fighting a little bit. It's it's a lot more. I want to say that it's a lot more、um, argumentative, a lot more、um, debate like, I guess. All right. I mean, as long as we're just sticking to like we're just having a conversation, you know, because like obviously I can't prove this, you know. Um, that's just that's a reality, you know. When we're talking about stuff that cannot be explained and has not been explained yet, I don't have proof, but I would love to hear what you think about it because that's that's what this is all about. Like, let's just see what we think. Let's see what we land okay. on. Okay. Okay. I should add that、um, even though I'm playing the skeptic, I still would like to be convinced. Okay. So I'm not gonna be. Yeah, that's why I shouldn't have used the word fighting. I, I'm not gonna be hostile towards what you present because I am. Looking to be convinced if I feel whatever you present me is compelling enough.、Uh, it's just that I very much stand on like the opposite side of where you stand,、mm-hmm. so it's gonna be an uphill battle. But I really am open. Okay, so I want to start off with asking you because you are a representation of the skeptic here.、Um, what is it about psychicness or stuff like that or ESP that you don't want to believe in, or I guess you you find it harder to believe in than other things? Wait, define ESP again. ESP, extrasensory perception. So, like our sixth, seventh,、okay. eighth senses that we cannot 
define yet. Okay, the deal for me is I think that humans have intuition and I think that you can really play that up in your head if you let yourself go but I don't think it goes beyond that like an intuition is a thing it's like scientifically proven it's that feeling in your gut but I never take it outside the realm of the <laughs> earthly I guess you could say um for me it's just that like sixth sense intuition like the third eye they're all the same thing and really what they are is just your body responding to some stimuli often either danger or well yeah it's usually danger like fear that's really usually what it is i don't know i don't i guess i just don't see anything beyond that okay i mean that's that sounds about reasonable i guess uh it's funny you bring up intuition because i think that is greatly rooted in what i want to talk about first so uh cue the lights we're gonna pretend like i'm steve jobs right now do you ever feel? I wear. I wear. Are you wearing a black turtleneck? I'm actually wearing a Disneyland sweater. No advertisement, but it's it's cold. <laughs> All right, okay. are you ready? Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're being watched, and it turns out you, that you, you are? <laughs> okay, but seriously, um, like there are moments where you're standing in a room full of people, and you can just feel someone watching you, and they're behind you. That no, that's totally a thing. I, I know because I have felt that, but I don't think that's what it is. I think that when we're young, we experience that happening. Like when we, okay, so the first time this ever happens to you, let's say you're five years old, you're sitting in a classroom and you look behind you just because, and you see that a classmate is looking at you, as people often will because people have to look at something. And so, you know, just out of pure chance, it ends up being your back that they're looking to. Um, and by process of by process of it's you become accustomed to it i guess is what i'm trying to say and uh, you know 10 years later when this keeps happening in your life as it happens to everyone all the time you i guess you can convince yourself that you know someone's looking at you and therefore you must have some kind of like psychic power (laughs) but in reality it's just that it's just that um, I'm blanking on the word. That you're so used to it happening, you're conditioned exactly. for it to happen. Yeah, exactly. Conditioning mm-hmm. is what I was going to say. You're, you're conditioned to that happening, to you looking behind you and someone looking at you, which is probably a very common thing to happen. Um, but you explain it to yourself as, oh, no, I predicted that before I looked. When in reality, one, you didn't. Two, the reason when you look back there was someone looking is just because the chance of that happening is very high okay because people just have to look at something okay i am going to counter that and say well what about when you're asleep and you wake up because someone is watching you sleep how did you know that if you were asleep <laughs> one i don't know what kind of twilight fucking world you live in uh, that never happened, happened to me, to me. my uh, mom likes to tower over me while i'm sleeping it is creepy <laughs> And I know. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm just saying, um, I think that this is one that's a little bit easier to dismiss because it does happen very frequently, like you're saying. Like, yeah, like no. people do watch. But what if, I don't know, I just, I feel like it's really common. Like, you can just feel it, you know? But didn't you just wake up, though? Like, if, if someone's looking at you while you're sleeping and... Oh, no, not the sleeping one. Okay. Just, like, in general. No, but I was going to say about the sleeping one, like like maybe you just open your eyes and that's it <laughs> you know like <laughs> maybe, maybe if it wasn't normal well, what if 
I guess what I'm trying to say is like, why wouldn't you just keep sleeping? Then? Because <laughs> like, you, you don't. Woke up because they're watching you. No, okay. Because people just wake up in the middle of the night. That's a thing. Two a.m. P run, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I okay. I'm okay. gonna finish my intro here. <laughs> All right. So. What about in those situations when, and this is like a totally different topic, but what about when you're about to text someone and then they text you and it's like, oh, we're so connected. Like I was literally just about to text you. <laughs> that, is, that is not it, sis. Like, <laughs> Andre, I am coming for every girl who sits in Starbucks right now. You know who you are. You have felt this. You psychic that's just a coincidence that's just a coincidence okay but how many coincidences have to occur before you can say this is a pattern and this is real i'm just saying maybe there's a minute okay anyway we're getting into the minute situation okay okay. (laughs) so it doesn't all have to be beyond this world like obviously like you're saying like some things just aren't but but just for the sake of this podcast what if what if there is just a tiny what if there's something that helps us understand or be connected to one another? And it's not necessarily that there are individuals that are psychic. I'm saying, what if everyone is psychic? Because everyone has this. Or, in the very least, everyone is connected. Are you talking about the collective unconscious? That is something I want to talk about, and it's the uh, collective unconsciousness. But uh, maybe a little bit later. Okay. So the things I want to talk about today are clairvoyance, which is perceiving things in the future, telepathy, Mm -hmm. which is communication of thoughts or ideas used beyond the known senses. So those things are often confused, but they are kind of different. Clairvoyance, future, telepathy, kind of happening right now, and it's communication between people, objects, dreams. I don't know what you're into. And (laughs) then I want to talk about the pineal gland. Yeah. The third eye, you know, and then source field slash collective unconsciousness. Okay, well, let's get on this. Yes. So the two books that I um, was referencing throughout this entire research mode is Science Looks at ESP by Henry W. Pierce and The Probability of the Impossible, Scientific Discoveries and Explorations of the Psychic World by Dr. Thelma Moss. And these books I got used for like three two dollars at cal's bookstore which i don't know if you've ever been there but it is amazing they i don't read oh my god (laughs) cal runs his bookstore in this storage unit in a storage unit center and when you go inside it's just like floor to ceiling packed and then you go through the different storage units and there's ladders and there's like this whole section on psychicness and aliens and conspiracies and it's amazing and so that does sound pretty cool. And so this is a little bit difficult to find online. I'm sure the, the specific examples are going to be easy to look up. But in general, like, these are some freaking treasures from beyond this world. Like, these people did their research. So, okay, yeah, let's get to it. So the pineal gland. So the third eye, this is something that I would think would probably key into a lot of things we're going to talk about. Especially, like, how do we know when someone's watching us, Andre? Mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff I mean, like that <laughs> go ahead no just go ahead just go ahead okay okay <laughs> and just so you know i don't fully believe in all this you know just to reiterate i just think it's really interesting so pineal gland is a small endocrine gland located in the brain it regulates melatonin it affects the waking and sleep patterns in the brain um that is the scientific explanation for what the pineal gland does mm-hmm. however it is the size of pea, shaped like a pine cone, and throughout history, 
and in many statues and paintings, you will find the, the pine cone image literally everywhere. Like, it's everywhere. Like, why are people so obsessed with the pine cone? I have a theory. They're not. They're obsessed with the pineal gland. Okay. <laughs> anyway, there's the conspiracy part out of the way. So, um... <laughs> In mystical tradition, the pineal gland is believed to be the connecting link between the physical and the spiritual world. In ancient Egypt, the eye of Horus mirrors the exact image of the pineal gland in the brain, and it's often depicted between the eyes on the forehead in many um, sarcophagi, paintings. Or maybe it's just an eye. Like, do you think the Egyptians <laughs> had the like anatomical knowledge to be like, yep, the pineal gland? Does oh, they this. totally did. They were some of the most medically advanced, like, of their time. Like, they did surgeries and stuff. Like, they were intense. <sighs> okay, fine. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, okay, so development of the psychic talents has been closely associated with the pineal gland. Basically, your third eye can open, it can be opened, and here's the big conspiracy theory. Fluoride is thought to calcify the pineal gland, and there's fluoride in our drinking uh -huh. water. Therefore, the government does not want you to be woke. <laughs> I do know that, that, that the pineal gland can become calcified, and that by old age it has as much fluoride as your teeth does, as your teeth do, sorry. Um, but I don't think that it's the government trying to keep us from, like, astral projection and, like, connecting with the universe. <laughs> they don't want us to see the truth. <laughs> I think I read something about this once. Um, I don't know if there was, like, an amazing reason, but I do know that it has something to do with dental hygiene. Oh, yeah, no, they need fluoride in the water, also teeth were rot. But our third eye <laughs> needs to be open. <laughs> <laughs> so rot your teeth but open your third eye i mean it's an exchange I and mean, i don't know how great of an exchange it is hey people have been living without dentists for thousands of years were they just yeah, they've also died at like 30 for thousands of years <laughs> probably because they lose all their teeth and their gums are just open sores and they get some kind of infection and die at 35 that's a good point but maybe they saw that coming they were psychic <laughs> yeah with their pineal gland Oh, man. Okay, so uh, most animals have much larger pineal glands that guide their instinctual practices. And, you know, animals, they know better than us. You know, they can sense when an earthquake is coming. I'm just saying, maybe, like, we need to be more like them and just rely more on instinct and intuition. Maybe that would help us out. I mean, I do know that, like, dogs can tell when earthquake is coming, but I think that has something to do either with their noses somehow or more likely with their ears because dogs have both super sensitive ears and noses they probably hear some kind of like i don't know like rumbling down below before we even feel it that's fair <laughs> um, but I, I am killing your vibe so go ahead okay. okay so then the last little and this is kind of all like the pineal gland and what i'm about to talk about next this is the how i guess in terms of well, if there is something going on psychically or in a different realm, then maybe it's because of the pineal gland. Maybe we haven't accessed it yet. Maybe if we trained it better, we could. And then the other thing is the collective unconsciousness. So the collective unconsciousness is basically a really long, not necessarily theory, but it's, it's an idea that all human beings are kind of on the same wavelength in terms of their thoughts. And this is why we have archetypes that appear so frequently, like the hero, the villain, stuff like that. And it, it goes pretty deeper than that. I'm not actually a big fan of 
the collective unconsciousness because I do, I'm a firm believer in like sociology and psychology being the reason we all think the same things and why every single person likes to pitch the same movie over and over again. Like, I don't think that's that deep. Right. Yeah. Have you ever heard that like people, like humans really only like like four stories really? It's like either the, I honestly don't remember what like the archetypes are, but basically every, every like famous movie, book, any kind of story ever is basically one of like four elemental yeah. storylines. And that's all we like to hear. It's either like the, um, the odyssey of a hero or uh, an underdog story or like love conquers all story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like very basic and you just change the characters in the setting but in the like at its core it's all yeah and i think that can be stories. easily explained by the fact that that's just what we've grown up listening to and that's what the people before us grew up listening to and i think a lot of the collective unconsciousness stuff is just process of like evolution and stuff like we all feel the same instinctual terror from a spider because frick no one likes spiders like they're disgusting like that's just the reality right. like yeah well more, more than that, more than the fact that we've just grown up with it, you know, because there's things that, that we grew up with and we shed, there's traditions that generations shed. Um, I think it's because we like it. It's, it's a form of wish fulfillment to hear these stories being told mm-hmm. to us. And so when we grow up, then we, told it, then we tell them to the younger generation. If they were really bad, like, we would have just stopped telling them generations ago. But everyone likes them because there must be some kind of real... <sighs> I don't know, primitive need to fulfill that wish of like, yeah, that's how life is. Life is fair and love does conquer all things. You know what I mean? Like you want to convince yourself of those things because otherwise you have to accept that an almost like nihilistic point of view and who wants that? I mean... (laughs) I'm a nihilist, so I don't know. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't. I, I mean, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but knowing you, I don't think you're a nihilist. At the very least, not what I think a nihilist looks like. I do know that you're very much a a pragmatic person, especially in your view of the world and how people work. But I'm thinking of a much a much darker take on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, a much a much darker, almost like meaningless approach to existence. I I think I don't think that meaning is imbued. Uh, in you just for like just by the virtue of being human and being born I think that's far too like ethereal but I think that you can imbue your life with meaning yourself (laughs) and that is pragmatic that is you know like that doesn't have to be magical at all and and I think you must believe that so I don't think you're a real like nihilist okay this just got very beautiful and inspiring um (laughs) okay so the 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 one I like to subscribe to above the collective unconsciousness is something called the source field and this is not very well known surprisingly um The source field is what I wish the collective unconsciousness meant. (laughs) So this is a really fringe idea. It's actually, it was in a book. Um, Okay, so the source field investigations by David Wilcock is the book that basically inspired this. And so the source field is by definition um, all around us. If you've ever seen Star Wars, it's like the force. (laughs) Essentially, it is immaterial and it can connect you to almost everything, people, like we're all connected in this strange way. It is not the individual who has the power, but the power that is around us. And so 
that's just, that's, and I don't know, the reason I bring up the source field is because, like, me and my sister are really connected, which I don't think is actually the source field. I think it's just because we're very similar people. <laughs> and so, like, we literally, like, mailed each other coloring pages, like, without telling each other. And they arrived on the exact same days, and we texted each other, and we're like, oh my god, what the heck? And, like, stuff like that, that's really random and weird. Or, like, how... My mom knows exactly what I'm craving, even though we like literally never talk. She'll just be like, here's Taco Bell, or here's like this weird 90s candy that for some reason I thought of too. And I'm like, what? What? Well, she is your mom. <laughs> like, she, she knows you in a way no one else does. I mean, isn't that a little psychic too? Maybe she just knows what I'm No, that's for. just the fact that she's your mom. <laughs> I don't know. We literally don't talk. How does she know what I want to eat? Like, I don't say it out loud chanting in my room. Like, I really want French toast. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I mean, maybe you just eat anything and you think that you you really want something really specific, but in reality, it could be something really broad. Like, oh, I just want something greasy right now. And then your mom oh, no, Taco it's... Bell and you're like, oh my God, you're right by Andre, mine. Andre, it is field. so not. I'm telling you specifically, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> However, with that in mind, she has been very off and she does not understand that I do not like McDonald's and will just be like, here, McDonald's. I'm like, why? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> The source field can also be explained for other things. This is actually a real-life example. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of plant experiments where people would attach polygraphs to plants to see what would happen. So um, No, but I do know that plants can, like, feel things. Okay. And apparently. Yeah, like, that's awful. So I can't eat plants. <laughs> That's what I was going to talk about, and that is actually incorrect. I was going to say that at the end, but it's completely incorrect. It's been debunked by the Mythbusters. But in the 1960s, Cleve Baxter, the founder of the FBI's program for polygraph unit, units, um, decided to run tests on plants' perception. So he wanted to see if they had emotional responses when they were watered. And so he attached polygraphs, and he found minute activity for positivity when they were watered. Um, there was also um, a... Uh, test on eggs hmm. so other researchers heard about this and they wanted to see so they would take eggs and attach them to polygraphs and then boil eggs in front of them to see if they had a negative response this did not yield anything and mythbusters did debunk all of this wait, 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 wait. can you repeat the egg thing so wait, what oh okay so other researchers heard about what cleve baxter had done with the plants right uh -huh. and so he wanted to see if this would work on eggs like live <laughs> like egg? eggs no just like a chicken egg that's like, but so it's not fertilized. I I don't know. That's why I didn't really like buy into this one either. Because well, I like, hope not. Yeah, because it's, the fucker boiled the egg. Right. Well, also like, why would an egg that's not even like it's removed from the hen? Why would it have responses? That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, they would boil eggs in front of the eggs, <laughs> like, and there was no response, and they were surprised. But anyway, the MythBusters actually debunked all of this. It's not a thing plants do not have feelings whatsoever if you want to tell your succulents that they're beautiful every day though i do believe in positive energy you know just give it to them you know they want to grow too whatever that's fine i mean but do they want to grow how, how do you want something if you have no sentience you're contradicting yourself shannon can i eat plants or not can you eat plants is that what you said you yeah. can eat plants, but yeah, okay, because... plants having feelings means this is not about the topic. We should not get controversial here, Andre. <laughs> Just eat your salad. <laughs> Save all animals. Save all plants. Not this next. Not to have feelings. Just don't eat anything. Just... 
the water. See how long you last. You know, honestly, breatharianism, like breatharianism, that we just breathe. <laughs> what is the life expectancy of yeah. breatharian? <laughs> you know, like SpongeBob in that episode where he just like metamorphosed. Oh my god. Okay. All right, so we're going to take a deep dive into the actual research research part of this, not just me rambling okay. under the stars, which is actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have printed out many excerpts from these books, mostly um, Dr. Thelma Moss's book, uh, The Probability of the Impossible. And I'm going to be talking mostly about clairvoyance, which is predicting the future, and ESP, which is extrasensory perception. Mm-hmm perceiving things that you would normally not be able to perceive, such as um, predicting how many how many beans are in a jar in a room in Arkansas. Something like that, which is really random, really specific, which is not an actual example. That was something off the top of my head. Okay. Is it 53? It, it is 53. How did you know? <laughs> I'm I know no one in Arkansas. I cannot confirm or deny this. <laughs> All right, so if you're ready, I would like to read you This is actually a recorded... Oh, okay. Let me just read to you. Okay, I'm ready. So, shortly before his assassination, President Lincoln dreamed of his own death. Fortunately, the details of his dream were recorded by the U.S. Marshal for the District of Columbia, Ward Lemon, who was at a gathering in the White House to celebrate the news of Lee's surrender. Apparently, Lincoln was unusually quiet and withdrawn. So, when when his wife heard about this... She was like, oh, what's up? What's up, man? And so he told her and he told Lamone. And this is what Lamone recorded in his diary of Abe Lincoln telling him. About 10 days ago, I retired very late. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. Then I heard subdued sobs as if a number of people were were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. I went from room to room. No living person was in sight, but the same mournful sounds of distress met me as I passed along. And then I'm just going to skip ahead. I kept on until I arrived in the East Room, which I entered. There I met with a sickening surprise. Before me was a catafalque, I don't know that word, on which rested a corpse and funeral vestments. Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse, whose face was covered. Who was dead in the White House, I demanded of one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. Okay, so Lincoln predicted that he was going to be killed by an assassin. Yes, ten days, or shortly before his assassination. Yeah. I mean, being a president, like, you're always a target, I think. But I guess, I mean, did, did it say anything about the theater? Um, no, it does not. Okay. But that's another thing that is often um, talked about in clairvoyance. It's um, called primary process distortion. So that's where you can kind of make out what it is, but in the process of transitioning into your own brain or whatever, it's it's discombobulated. So you wouldn't have exacts like if I dreamed about I'm going to Walmart in my blue shirt and I see a dog and the dog is barking like and then the next day I'm going to Walmart and I see a bunch of people in blue shirts because that's what they wear and then there's a big picture of a dog like that's primary distortion because it's it's similar but it's not exact I see what you're saying yeah Um, I mean yeah I, I don't think it's fair to 
to be like, oh, this thing, a premonition has to be super exact because, I mean, it's already something if, like from the ethereal plane, basically, if it is true. So, yeah, I think that's the very high expectation of it. Exactly. I mean, I'm not completely close to the idea. Like I said, like if you're president, you probably are always thinking that you're going to get killed. But he did have a vivid dream about it, which is a little bit different. And it was fairly close to the actual assassination. Um, so... Well, what I find interesting about these things is, like, even though you can't prove it, what is good and what they did here is they demonstrated that it actually did occur before he was assassinated. Like, someone actually made sure to record it, and that's super important because you can't just say, like I said, like, oh, I had a dream that this happened, then it happened, because you don't know if the person's telling the truth unless you have an actual record that right. shows that they said it before it, it happened, you know? It the idea of clairvoyance, which is precisely why I am saying all of this, but I'm saying, like, oh, you know what, I'm kind of I'm kind of half convinced, because that's, I don't know, that's eerie, like... Right, it's, it's, and that's what I like so much about this topic, especially, is because it's so weird, and it's so, if, think about it, like, if this is possible, then that just opens up so many doors, and what else is possible, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, you can predict lottery numbers and win the lottery and stuff like that. I think that if it is real, it's instance. I think that you get what you need to know when you need to know it, and it's not a parlor trick, you know? Yeah. It's not something you turn off and on. It's just something that happens because maybe, I don't know, the energies in the universe are just so intense right now, or maybe he could have prevented it. I don't know. But I think that's really interesting if it is true. I mean, in the very least, he had the dream. Doesn't mean that it was a precognition, you know? I mean, it maybe it could be that clairvoyance isn't really an, an ability that the human has, but rather that, like, in the ethereal plane, if, if it is real, there are such things as, like, messengers that might send you a message of the future mm -hmm. in a dream. Like, they give you that gift, and then you have that, like, oh, I had a dream, or like, I had a vision. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that, like, the, the human vibration is at like that level that the human it's like itself would be able to have that kind of ability but if i believe in things like ghosts and aliens and obviously i believe in some kind of plane that is beyond what we can see so i mean if i believe in clairvoyance the way i would believe in it the way it would make sense to me it would be more like it's it's something mm -hmm. that is giving us information not us just having it because we have clairvoyant abilities um yeah so so I, I am, I am most open to clairvoyance, uh, like from everything that you've mentioned so far, this is it. Maybe you'll say something else and I like it even more, but so far, because I don't know the intuition of the pineal gland, I'm really iffy about that. And I just feel like it's all just conditioning from like early, early, early stages of life. Sorry. But, um, but this, this is, this is a little bit different. Um, if you, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people who are even more skeptical would say, oh, well, if you absorb things in your surroundings, uh, even if you don't like consciously process them subconsciously, like the process is taking place, you know, maybe like Lincoln 10 days before his assassination, he like saw this guy on the street and he like, I don't know. So I don't know, you know, like, I mean, it's really hard to explain because you really have to like reach, you really have to reach. Exactly. But, 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 but I think you know what I'm saying. The, the people, what, what people counteract what you're saying with is, is the idea that you just saw something and you, and you subconsciously processed it. So you were able to almost predict that this was going to happen because you saw it coming. It was nothing mystical. But I think it's kind of a stretch. 
Right. And I, I also want to indicate, too, that this can't be a case of the hindsight bias because he was dead. <laughs> so you can't go back and be like, I dreamed about this, guys. I was right. You know, like you're not convincing yourself that it's true. And also, like, kind of what you're saying about how you can't really fully get into the psychicness if it's a part of us like as human beings it has to be outside of us like an external force Mm -hmm. i also think that similarly to ghosts and things like maybe like everything wasn't explained before you know like we're still finding explanations for things so maybe this is just one of the things science hasn't been able to explain yet but will be able to eventually we just haven't found a way to measure it yet that thought always intrigues me to like no avail because it it's so it's so interesting because it could be so so true like mm-hmm. <laughs> there you know like we we only knew of germs like three centuries ago mm-hmm. like that was it yeah. <laughs> before that we thought like farts got us sick you know <laughs> basically or like ah you have too much blood like so honestly it's it's really fair to say that and i know that a lot of people ridicule that that kind of thought process because they really see um us right now as being almost at like the pinnacle of scientific knowledge but yeah no no, that's just not true i mean i mean think of all the things that we don't know about the Mm -hmm. cosmos um and i mean actual like like outer space you know think um galaxies and and, like celestial bodies stuff like that um and, and that's where our focus is right now like the humanity um is is really uh, focusing yeah. on understanding the stars basically but um we like are like are any of those resources being put into like understanding what could be a potentially ethereal plane like no like no one's studying that because we've already settled as a society well this is ridiculous and a waste of time um but what if we did put some of those resources into this and somehow found the truth if there is a truth wouldn't that be amazing it would be amazing and also i don't i don't see why we wouldn't be interested in exploring other planes or other dimensions like that because that could open doors for a lot of different things in science and travel and stuff like that you know i don't know i think it's yeah. i think it's worthy and also well, I, I don't know again it's it's a concept of the ridiculous it's like oh this is silly this is yeah you know oh yeah, and it, also since we're talking about things that aren't explained there's no explanation for dreams they have vague ideas of why we dream but there's not an actual solid like this is why so if dreams themselves aren't explainable then why would it be so far-fetched that you can dream something that's going to happen you know i mean i know that there isn't a solid one but i've always um i've always been inclined to believe the theory that says that they're basically your subconscious processing your day or just processing a very um a very i'm liking on the word but a very important thought that you've been having for a while like a problem in your life it's really not that deep oh andre i can tell you about some of my dreams i don't do anything i don't leave the house i don't know why i dream these things there's no explanation for it um I mean, but you you could still have very salient thoughts that maybe you you don't realize you even have, but your subconscious is trying to let you know that they're there and have you not ignore them. And so it shows them to you in dreams. Uh, the other night I dreamt that I was at a buffet with my family and we were watching Blades of Glory. Maybe you just want that. Maybe that's just a desire. <laughs> maybe that is what I want. I mean, I do want a buffet. You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay, maybe we should move on to my next example. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're still on the topic of precognition. So this is actually from Dr. Thelma Moss herself. 
Um, and I found this one to be really spooky. And considering we are scary talk, I say we yeah, give it a yeah. shot. Yeah, let's. I'm, I'm, let me let me up the volume on this music. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So recently, a young man telephoned asking to see me. He explained that as a scientist working at a local cancer research institute, he was skeptical of parapsychology, but that he would like my opinion about a very disturbing event. And I want to point out that he is a scientist. Like this is, and he's already skeptical. Like he's, I don't know. I think this gives some credence to at least this young man. Okay. So he then proceeds to tell Dr. Thelma Moss that about a month before his sister who was living with their parents in San Diego had a vivid dream that terrified her and terrified her so much she had to tell them about it the next morning. So in the dream, she had seen herself seated in the front seat of a car, being driven along a freeway, when suddenly a small car hurtled over the narrow freeway divider, crashing headlong into the car she was in. She saw the left front wheel of her car fly up into the air and change into a skull's head. And this is when she woke up. And her parents were just like, it's just a dream, it's no big deal, whatever, it's fine. Um, and so... He went on saying that his sister had been so distraught by the dream that she had been making a drawing of it. He actually brought the picture to the doctor and he showed it to her. And it showed the left front tire being thrown into the air. The skull was drawn on top of it. And then, yeah, so that's it. She drew it. Um, the young man went on to say that two weeks after the dream and shortly before he telephoned her, the doctor... His sister had been in a car accident on the freeway, in which a Volkswagen, apparently out of control, had hurtled across the narrow freeway barrier into the opposite lane, crashing headlong into the car containing his sister and a few of her friends. His sister had been instantly killed, but all others survived. On impact with the VW, the front left tire had been tossed into the air and had been found a short distance away. So... <laughs> oh my god. Ah, yeah like it's it's shit. <laughs> it's one thing to predict oh, that you're going shook. to die in a car accident but she predicted the left tire being thrown up into the air and that is weirdly specific that's some final destination shit yeah <laughs> and she was the only one that was killed <laughs> okay again like i said i'm 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 a little more open about clairvoyance than i am on any of these things um probably honestly like truthfully because <laughs> Just because I love the Final Destination movies, <laughs> and like oh like those movies are contingent upon the protagonist having a premonition at the beginning, uh, and that that's always just fascinated me. Oh, I love those movies uh, too; they're great. I like when I was little. Like I was watching these movies way too young, by the way. Like I was ten; I shouldn't have been watching these, but I would pretend to have premonitions. Like I would just play. Like that that would be my game. Like it was fun to me. Um, so that's probably I I have a yeah. bias. Is what I'm saying. Um, but even if I didn't, that story is hard to explain away. Um, right, because she drew it two weeks beforehand. Like, there's evidence, you know? Like, oh my God. I don't know. I just find that one really but, crazy. Okay. And who gave her that information? What gave her that information? Why? If she was going to die anyway. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Here's the thing. This is what trips me up about it and why I can't actually believe in it. Um. I don't believe in fate whatsoever. Mm. And so if you can dream the future, then that means that the future's already been decided. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't want to feel like you, a pawn. You, you can dislike it all you want, but there's a lot of <laughs> truths in life that people dislike and there's still truths. 
I mean, absolutely. I'm just saying. I don't. I I find it really difficult to believe that there can be a predecided end for all of us, and that we're just going through the motions. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, if that's the case, then like, why do we get to choose anything? Like, I don't. It's. But the thing is that the thing is that that shouldn't make you feel bad or really matter to you, because as long as you don't know what that end fate is, which oftentimes you don't, unless you go to like a like a crystal ball lady and you believe in what she tells you uh like most people i mean like, this girl knew her end fate most people do mm -hmm. not um if you don't then let's say that fate is decided um then you can live thinking you have free will and like happily believe that lie and that's fine like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like what you, like what you don't know can't kill you, kind of thing. It's like ignorance right, is but bliss, what if you do kind know? of thing. What if one day um, like, I have a dream and then I just have to live with the fact that I know I'm gonna die somehow and I can't prevent it? <laughs> well, you don't. You, I mean, you're you'll likely end up convincing yourself that it's just a dream, and then when it does happen, it'll happen so fast, and you'll be dead so fast that like. Will you really have suffered that much? No. So, like, will you really have suffered that much from knowing that, ah, uh, like, predestination is a thing? No. <laughs> like, you won't. Um, <laughs> okay, so your question was, yes, who yes. did it? Who's responsible? What's responsible? Again, I'm just going to say the source field, you know? The energy was hot that night. I guess. It, it telling just seems her, kind you know? of useless to me. Because she couldn't do anything about it. Right. Well, that's the other thing. I don't... I mean... Why does it have to be from someone, you know? Why does it... Why can't it just be her I mean, it could be, it, but know? again, like, I'm telling you what my belief is, and that is that we just don't have that kind of vibration. So, I don't know. I don't think we're capable of that kind of feat of just... Well, what about God, then? What if it's uh, God? Yeah, I mean, it could be that. It could be that, or we could switch lanes, no pun intended, um, and uh, say... It was death because final destination. <laughs> and it was some kind of just embodiment of death. Uh, and death is actually a force. And it turns out that it um, gives some people premonitions of their death. Uh, but it's kind of useless because you can't stop him. It kind of does it just to tease you. Or it could be that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, not really because... It, I, I mean, again, now I'm talking about movies. But in these movies, it never feels like satanic. It... It, honestly, it doesn't even feel like, like ma ma malignant or like like, like yeah, malignant or malicious. or, or malintentioned. Yeah. Really, it just it just feels like I don't know. It feels hard, like a fact. It just feels like that's the mm -hmm. way it is. It, like in the movies, it feels like death is telling you what's gonna happen, and then it just happens. But like, it has no stake in it. It doesn't like derive pleasure. There's just from a balance it. that needs um, to be balanced. Exactly. It's like a, like a bill mm -hmm. that needs to be paid. That's what the movies feel like when those deaths happen. Um, yeah, so bringing that back into the real world, I guess it could be that. It could be something like... Honestly, okay, I don't know. I don't so know the next one I want to talk about is one I'm very skeptical of, and I have no reason. I just feel very skeptical of this one. And... This is The Case of Clairvoyance, okay. investigated by William James. This happened in 1898. So, in 1898, Miss Bertha Hughes of Enfield, New Hampshire, suddenly disappeared without a trace. More than 100 men searched nearby woods and lake fruitlessly for two days. The next evening, a woman named Mrs. Titus, who lived in a neighboring village, alarmed her husband by making dreadful noises while she was dozing after supper. 
So when she woke up, she believed that she could find the body, and she asked him not to disturb her, and she went back to sleep. Okay, so that night, according to William James' report, Mr. Titus was roused by the screams of his wife. He got up, lit the lamp, and waited, obeying his wife's instructions. Um, she spoke. She followed the road down to the bridge, and on getting partway across it, stepped out onto that jutting beam, which was covered with white frost. She slipped on the log, fell backwards, and slid in underneath the timber work of the bridge. You will find her lying, head in, and you will only be able to see one of her rubbers projecting from the timber work. So I guess you can probably guess what happened. They went out and they found her and she had slipped on a log or at least it seemed there was a log there and she was underneath the I bridge mean, honestly, head in. Like, these are just so hard to explain um, away that I'm all in. Okay, clairvoyance is real. Fine. But it just irks me that there's no reason <laughs> for it. Like, what is the point if you can't do anything about it? Okay, well, she didn't predict this. She just saw where the woman was laying so she was already dead at that point so this is a little different like she was actually like psychically connected to finding that location somehow maybe i don't know that's weird but the reason i'm skeptical about this is because the woman was already dead and because they had already been searching for two days this is in 1898 i don't think i'm getting any trouble for saying i think mrs titus fucking brutally murdered that woman and that's how she knew where I she was it. like that's the easiest explanation i bet she either saw her slip or she pushed her like that's the easiest explanation how else would you know I where mean, to find if the we're body? getting real pragmatic like occam's razor over here then yeah like the dude fucking killed her but um <laughs> <laughs> like, we're trying to stay scary and <laughs> uh, i mean i guess I mean, I nothing scarier scary. than murder really <laughs> right I mean, I just, yeah, that one's a little bit harder for me to accept because of that. However, I do think it's an interesting study, and they did record it. And so I think if if, if Mrs. Titus is innocent, I'm sorry, Mrs. Titus, I believe you. <laughs> um, I think that it's an interesting example of ESP in, like, finding the body if it was she was innocent, you know? Like, that's interesting to me. Like, who, I guess, gave her that ability in her dreams to find where the body was would be the question mm -hmm. okay. yeah okay so now we're gonna flip gears a little bit and we're gonna go straight into esp so this is not as flashy and not as scary whatsoever <laughs> but um this is all scientifically researched in labs by parapsychologists which are typically just psychologists who decided like hey why aren't we investigating this and so one of those people's dr ryan <laughs> we stand. We stand. <laughs> um, so Dr. Rhines were very talked about, very much covered in the New York Times. People were like crazy, like, no, this isn't real. What's happening? And he did something called a standard deck of ESP cards. So this is 25 cards, each bearing one of five symbols, a star, cross, circle, wave, or square. So probability theory insists that if the cards are randomly placed in five boxes, each labeled with one of the symbols. Five hits can be expected just by chance, so five successful guesses of which card is in which. So a single run of guesses might produce eight out of 25 correct. That's better than chance. Um, and then if you think about probability, the next could be two out of 25, the next could be like seven out of 25. So basically like it's just, you have to average it out just by guessing randomly. Um, so if someone were to achieve an average score of 7 hits out of 25 over a total of 85,000 trials, the odds against such a record would require a whole paragraph of zeros. So that basically means it's really, really improbable to get 7 
hits out of 25. And that's what happened. <laughs> Over 85,000 tests. Someone got 7 out of 25 almost consistently. consistently. Uh. Um, and so he published this. And he published it in the Boston Society for Psychical Research in 1934. One person? One person? Um, he totaled many subjects. It was many subjects, I guess. But it was still like pretty accurate. So people really didn't want to believe it. And so other people started to test it. And so... One person was Bernard Rice. He was so, like, <laughs> he really didn't believe it. So um, Dr. Ryan thought that he was calling him a liar. And so the students were kind of amped up by this whole, like, conflict between them. And so they were like, oh, well, why don't you, like, do your own study? And so Dr. Rice did. <laughs> um, and so he's a skeptic. So he's doing this just to prove a point that the other guy was lying or changing the data somehow. And so he arranged a study in which one woman who claimed to be psychic would guess from her home the cards that Rice would be looking at in his home a quarter mile away. So they were a quarter mile away and they were only able to communicate um, later on. So there were people taking records of what she was guessing and he was taking note of what he had. And so over a period of several months, the subject, the woman, performed 74 runs of the 25 cards. That's 1,850 trials. And she averaged 18 out of 25 accurate. <laughs> and so it's, it's possible that he was lying, right? Like, that's what you would think, is that, well, maybe they just, they lied. But he, um, he says, when people asked him about that, if he was lying, he says, I had the deck of cards on my desk. I shuffled them each time and at the stated time turned them over one by one, making a record of each card. I kept the records locked up in my desk. And sometimes it was a week before I totaled, totaled up the scores. And so, I mean, it just depends on if you believe him. It depends on if you believe the I woman. Mean, no, I mean, but, 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 you know, we're scary talk. Like, let's, let's, you know, mm -hmm. like, let's say we do. Um, I do. I genuinely believe this. And the reason is because the data is there. Like, 18 out of 25 is insane. Like, that's just crazy. And it wasn't a random person this time. She was actually claiming to be psychic, which I think if she was, like, obviously she proved it. Like, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's no twenty-five out of twenty-five. That's true. But it could be. It could be that, like, I don't know. It was. It was a little bit far, so like the signal wasn't getting to her super well, like to her brain. <laughs> so she confused the cross for the wave sometimes or something. Um, well, also, no, that that is crazy. I mean, eighteen out of twenty-five. Yeah, and it, and also, I want to say again when we're talking about ESP, like it doesn't have to be accurate. You know, like it's because it's not a parlor trick. It's just maybe there's something in us that knows. You know, like and maybe that something is the same as our sense of smell like i could smell a candle and smell vanilla well you smell it and you're like mm, i'm detecting like the raspberry notes more you know yeah and i guess if you convince me of that then i would have to switch my view on the whole oh how do you know when someone's looking at you thing because that would be part of esp i'm, I'm assuming yeah yeah it okay. would it would be part of that you know like i in the back of my head i can see you <laughs> okay so the last one I want to talk about is the Mayamon May. Ugh, how do you say this? Give me a second. The Mayamonides? Maimondes? Okay. Maimonides? May okay. Wait, you, you want to talk about my undies? I want to talk about your underwear. <laughs> okay, I literally <laughs> thought about this so hard and now I can't say it. May. Am I? Okay, I'm going to say Mayamondes. We're just going to say Mayamondes. 
Okay, what is Okay, what so is there was a dream laboratory created in Mayamondi's. <laughs> this is a city. <laughs> okay, so the Mayamondi's oh. dream laboratory. So, uh, I think what it's the country? US. It doesn't say the specific place. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no, it does. It's in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, it's in Brooklyn. And this was conducted okay. by psychiatrist Montague Ullman and psychologist Stanley Krippner. So, at the specially created dream laboratory, a subject would sleep through the night with electrodes attached to his scalp, which will indicate on EEG equipment when he is dreaming. So, this is the study, right? So, he has, he's connected to the EEG equipment. Um, so, the sleeper is the receiver. So, uh -huh. he was told that after he fell asleep, the transmitter would be the person in another part of the hospital, would try to send him a message which he might be able to pick up in his dream. Each time the dreamer had a dream, he would be wakened and asked to report his dream into a microphone. So typically people dream four to five times a night, so they had to wake him up a lot. And they could detect when he was dreaming by the EEG equipment. So they would wake him up repeatedly. He would tell them what he saw uh -huh. in his dream or experienced. And this, so basically they're trying to see if the transmitter could get him to dream about what they were telling him or talking about in the next room in the hospital. So, the transmitter's job was to select, by a complex randomization process, one envelope from a group of 100 envelopes, each which contained a reproduction of a famous painting. They were then taken to an isolated room, and they had to remain alone for the entire night um, with the picture. So basically, the, the point was to just experience the painting. They're supposed to visualize it, meditate on it, think about it, just completely interact with it. Um, so, they did 13 formal studies using this approach with uh, different paintings, different transmitters, different receivers, and out of those, nine were successful. So nine out of 13. Nine out of 13. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is kind of where the primary process distortion we were talking about earlier comes in. Um, they would, so like, there'd be like really famous paintings. Um, so they would describe them in their dream a little bit differently, but there would be like enough that it was accurate enough. Like, let me look at, <laughs> let me explain that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, where is it? Well, I mean, it's like what you were saying about um, you going to Walmart in the blue shirts and stuff. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, but in the specific in instance, there was one. Okay, there was the the receiver said there was a house. There was no people involved and nothing was going on. It was just an isolated house, and this was a direct hit. This was one hundred percent accurate for. Um, the painting by Cezanne, Trees and Houses. So that's accurate, but if it was a primary process distortion and it was a painting of a dog in a hat, then the person would say, I was walking my dog and I saw a man in a hat. Like, that would be still a su successful. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what happened. 9 out of 13 were accurate. So if that would be ESP mm. or um, telepathy, which is what I brought up earlier, where you can I mean... transmit thoughts from one person to another. If or that is true, they just guess. Like something like a house is a very typical painting, I would think. I mean, what what kind of other paintings were there? Like, was it people in houses mostly, or were there any abstract? That's pieces, true, or? but there were other paintings. I think they were just nice, like the like really popular paintings, I guess. So I'm not sure. Like, I imagine there was a variety because, like I said, there was a hundred options to choose from. So I mean, do you believe in this? I. And I don't really like 100% believe in it, but I think I'm more prone to, so I'd say like 75% because it was recorded in an actual laboratory. You know, like I, that they were under surveillance and stuff. Like that's not, 
a joke, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe, on- honestly, maybe you're presenting mm-hmm. something really good, but I just don't want to believe it. Kind of like how you said earlier that you didn't want to believe something because it was icky. Like, you didn't like how it made you feel. It's kind of the same way for me. It would be because, okay, so you can transmit, like, a thought from a person to another. Like, you know, like, willingly transmit it and then have the other person like willingly accept it but what about like involuntary thought transmit like basically meaning like if people read my mind I don't like that if that's the case (laughs) (laughs) not quite but just like if you're shit talking about a friend like or let's say you're shit talking about a friend in your head like is that thought like accidentally gonna get out of your brain and like end up in another person's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like transmitting porn <laughs> accidentally to someone else's brain <laughs> okay no i don't think it works that way i think it's more i don't i think it's more abstract I than guess. that and i think the reality is if you're thinking like wow that bitch <laughs> fucking sucks right across from them they can see that on your crotchety face like they know already <laughs> like that's that's completely separate i think but which is why we don't do video on this podcast yeah we don't want to see our crotchety faces (laughs) we have voices or sorry we have faces made for radio (laughs) i think you're honestly video Uh, thank you thank you um okay well that was that was compelling i just don't like it but (laughs) (laughs) that's like me and like I mean, I guess I don't like demons. I'm not, like, scared of demons. Like, I feel like you're a little bit scared of telepathy for some reason. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it opens a huge door for, I don't yeah. know what, but just a door. And it's big, and there's something big behind it. And I don't know. I don't know. Well, also, you believe in aliens, and you believe the greys can communicate telepathy. Like, yes, yes. That's but a that's, process of evolution. I mean, that's very different. How? Like, I mean, you said it yourself. These are extraterrestrials. And, um, But like, what if they're us from another dimension and they just evolved? Yeah, but I told you I told you that I didn't believe that in the last episode. <laughs> okay, Everyone listened to the last episode. this is not about what we believe. It's what we can discuss. I, I mean, it, in that sense, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to end on something that was way too big for... um. way too big for us to talk about in one episode it's a quote from professor hj eisenick um he's a respected british psychologist and it's just something to think about um so here we go oh this is this isn't spooky but it's it's kind of like i don't know Unless there's a gigantic conspiracy involving some 30 university departments all over the world and several hundred highly respected scientists in various fields, many of them originally hostile to the claims of the psychical researchers, the only conclusion the unbiased observer can come to must be that there does exist a small number of people who obtain knowledge existing either in other people's minds or in the outer outer world by means as yet unknown to science. And that's not actually like a big can of worms or anything. But the big can of worms comes out of something else that's kind of talked about throughout these two books is it's unknown to science. And like you said, I want to know where it comes from. Right. So here's the big can of worms. What if there is like a fate or whatever, if everything's predecided 
then essentially I'm going to make the argument that a lot of people have that time isn't real. <laughs> time is just the way we perceive things because we already know that if you okay. like go light years away and look at the earth, you can still see the dinosaurs moving about. Like this is not, this is like, this is like a real thing. So if time isn't real and the way we're perceiving it is the right. only thing that is happening, then of course we can all be psychic because our brain is just perceiving the present most of the time maybe sometimes it can perceive the future because it doesn't matter it's not real you know like time and space are just units of measurement so that's the big stoner thought <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna say yeah that's a big stoner thought and just that because it is like i don't know like like outlandish claims require like outlandish amounts of proof but honestly like i believe in stupid things <laughs> so i'm not gonna like just put that on you and i can see where you're coming from but if time isn't real I we mean, can again, see everything man everything is around us all the time hit that bong right now you just pass <laughs> yeah you want to just pass me that <laughs> i wish i could andre uh, <laughs> oh my god um, mom, don't listen to this. I don't smoke. It's a joke. Um, okay. Well, I, I'm i jotting this down probably for a future episode where we can really open that can because I would first want to do some research of my own if we're going to do that. Uh, but I like that you brought it up now so I can think about All right, it. So, so, about it. so I feel like I convinced you that clairvoyance is possible. Like, I feel like that's good. I feel, I feel proud of myself for that, actually. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not like an extremely hard person to convince of something, especially if you present me with something that I deem to be good, but I am not also super easy. So you, you did a good job and, and I don't know, I felt compelled. So yeah, I mean, I just, I eat that stuff up because I do find it a little bit scary. You know, I am yeah, scared yeah. of what humanity is capable of and I love it. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, everyone, <laughs> oh, once again, this is Andre. This is Shannon. And uh, this has been Scary Talk. Remember that, um, again, we are on uh, every uh, podcast listening platform. Um, uh, you can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. I don't know. Whatever the tweets. Whatever the whatever the tweets. Whatever the kids yeah. do these days. Speaking of tweets, though, we are on Twitter again. At um, TalkScary. Um, retweet us. You can also listen to our episodes there. Um, you can uh, also um, look at little sneak peeks of what next week's episode is going to be. Uh, we're always like previewing it um days before it comes out um new episodes every monday new episodes every monday yes um uh you know we're trying to do it and and it's worked so far we've, we've been <laughs> steady so we're expecting another episode next monday but please <laughs> do not be too hard on us if that does not happen um uh, we have lives shannon and i so i mean i don't have a life but it's, i'm so... glad that you do that that <laughs> gives me hope <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Good night, Shannon. Good night. Good night. Have a wonderful dream tonight. Yeah, yeah. Think about all this when you go to sleep. <laughs> Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>